you think it's funny to take screenshots of people's NFTs, huh? I don't think people understand when something comes along that changes the world. Welcome to NFT Deep Dive. My name is Myron and every week I talk to a newer existing project in the NFT space. On this show we meet the people behind the projects and the platforms. I view this show as my Web3 university, so come along for the ride and get ready to learn a thing or two. And three, two, one, action. All right, everyone. Welcome to NFT Deep Dive. Today, I'm here with Gabe Salinas, who's been in the NFT space since 2017. He's the founder of NFT Yourself. And we're going to be talking about the history of NFTs because, you know, since 2017, this has been five years. A lot has happened. He's been in the space, so he can talk about kind of what he's seen, where he thinks it's going. We're going to talk about crypto, his backstory. It's going to be a good conversation. So, Gabe, thanks for being here. This is actually round two. We tried uh, recording a little bit before this, and we had some technical issues. So hopefully this goes smooth. So, yeah, thanks for being here. Crossing my fingers. Thanks for having me, Myron. <laughs> 100%. So I figured uh, we could start with going over a little bit of your background, um, kind of where you grew up, where you went to college, and then we'll work our way into like how you got involved with NFTs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I originally grew up in lovely San Diego, California. I spent the first 13, 14 years of my life there. Um, since that time, I've made some really bad geographical decisions in my life. So I went from there to Virginia, which is where I went to college. I went to Virginia Tech. And then now I'm here in the 10 inches of snow and eight degree weather. That is Chicago. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so when I, I was I've actually done the opposite. I've gone from uh, Boston to San Diego for a little bit, and it was amazing. I lived uh, right near Ocean Beach. I had a buddy who had like room open for a little bit, and it was amazing. The talk, like fish tacos, I fell in love with them, and yeah. it hasn't been the same since. No, you're right. There's yeah, there's certain areas that have just certain food, man, and it, it doesn't come close anywhere else. Um, Definitely. So yeah, when I you know when I was when I was younger, uh, I was introduced to uh, I built my first computer when I was like 13, right? I really started kind of getting into that space and. When I got to high school, I started taking some classes. Back then, I don't know if you're – I'm sure you're familiar with Cisco, but back then Cisco was like the Google of everything, right? And yeah. uh, I started taking CCNA classes, Cisco, Cisco Certified Network Administrator uh, classes, and, and I kind of had this chance to, to actually not go to college and just jump into the workforce because they were in such high demand at the time. And uh, I'll never forget. I had probably an a smart move. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, smart, smart move. move. Yeah. Uh, I, but the reason why is is I actually moved out or went out to California. I was in Virginia at the time, and went out to California um, the summer before my freshman year of college. And I had an internship at a middle of the road uh, size company. I think it was probably two or three hundred employees, and. Um, and I had a chance to, to work in the IT department and I got to help a lot of those guys out who are double my age, who just didn't know the things that I knew because it was new stuff to them. That was real cool. But because it was a medium sized company, I also had to do the help desk type stuff. So I had to go help Karen in accounting, uh, deal with why her email wasn't sending out or why her computer wouldn't work. And it was like, was it a tech company? Or... Of it was just, well, you got to restore no, no, no. It wasn't a tech company. It was just a regular, um, it, it was just a, a big firm. They did a bunch of different stuff, but it was not a tech company. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I just decided I couldn't do that for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and and so I, I ended up going outside an athletic background. Uh, I ended up going into 
Virginia Tech working with athletes. I was a strength and conditioning coach. It was like the pre-med major, but for kinesiology. Um, so I started working with athletes. I started a company and, and just kind of in that time of working with athletes, uh, I had this tech background and I continued to build on it. I learned how to you know, write HTML and CSS. That's kind of what everyone starts with. And then from there, you build out a few other things. Um, and I always liked it. And, and I did some of it out of need because I had this company. I didn't want to pay for a website or I didn't want to pay for marketing or whatever. And, uh, and in 2017, you know, crypto started getting a little bit big. Uh, I started investing a little bit and we started playing some of these games that back then they were like these NFT, they were called hot potato games and there were some gambling games and there were all these different things. And I'm like, man, I really want to learn how to do this and, and make my own. And a good friend of mine who I actually do some work with still, we, we have a, a, a company we do some consulting with. Um, he and I started making these games and he, he was a much better coder than I was. And he, he taught me some stuff and, and I would joke, we made little business cards, you know, my, my card said shitty dev, you know, and his said dev um, mm -hmm. at the time. And I started learning more and more. And we went to this blockchain, various blockchain conferences. And we started various, uh, NFT and token uh, websites, dApps, uh, decentralized apps. And some of them did well, some of them really well, some of them poorly. But just through that entire process, I, I really caught the bug of, hey, this is super cool. This is definitely the future. This is definitely something I want to learn more about. And so from 2017 until now, I've grown my knowledge base. I've grown my skill set, uh, not just in the coding aspect, but also in the marketing and the sales aspect. And, um, and it's something that is gradually becoming all I do, right? It's just, it's just a super cool space. I think the use cases are limitless and, uh, and I love it. And, and I love that you're, you're, you're a part of it too now with this podcast. Definitely trying to be. Well, I love to hear that. When you were learning HTML and everything, what year was that? Not, not to try to age you or anything. But I'm not sure what year it was. But what I can say is whenever year it was, Dreamweaver was still a thing. I think that ages me right then and there, right? Okay. Um, so, yeah, so it was back in the day. Um, I moved to Chicago, I want to say in 2010 or 2008. I think it was 2008. So it was right around 2008 then um, that I started getting Yeah, because I feel like with me, I really started kind of teaching myself how to do some uh, more like I do like uh, visual coding. I could do like, you know, the Wixes of the world and everything. And sure. I got pre yeah. pretty good at that. But I feel like definitely like the availability of those platforms kind of hindered me in terms of like I did a little basic HTML back in school. But like when I actually got into building stuff, I was like, well, it's like I took some classes and I was like, well, it's going to take me like 100 hours to be able to do like a one tenth of what I can do using Wix with HTML. Yeah. So I'm like, what? where's the benefits? Not like I wasn't building any like complex uh, like now if I'm developing blockchains or something that's a lot more complex. Sure. Obviously, you need to be you can't like plug and play that. But yeah. with uh, Wix, like I feel like that kind of got in the way. But Super interesting. So you had some basic like knowledge of how to like build on like with HTML with some coding. Yes. Um, yes. When you first found out about uh, like cryptocurrencies, you said it was around 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what what was that like? How did you kind of hear about them first? Was it because I know a lot of people found out about them through what, what was the uh, uh, Silk Road, the Silk Road. There, there yeah. The word. Sure. So a lot of people were like found out about the Silk Road. I feel like when I was in heights, like maybe back in 2012 
2012 or so. That's when I first kind of caught eye of Bitcoin. Yeah. And I found, I heard of the Silk Road and I went on the website and I found like a way, like all the tour stuff to get on it. And so people that don't know, you couldn't just go. And the Silk Road was basically like the eBay of everything. You could buy drugs, yeah. guns, like Hitman. It was a crazy place. So yeah. the guy who made it, he's <laughs> currently in jail for life. Yeah. And what, like, the only way to buy stuff was with Bitcoin. So that was kind of like the primary use of Bitcoin at the time. And so when I found out about Bitcoin, yeah. it was through that. And each it was I think each Bitcoin was $100. And I was like, who the hell will ever pay $100 for this like digital like coin that doesn't make any sense? And then I kind of didn't like think about it at all until probably 2016 or so when kind of it all, 2016, 17, yeah. when like that first big spike happened and i was like whoa 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 what bitcoin's that what now and there's litecoin and ethereum and all that stuff so how would you first find out about it i'm i'm actually very similar to you funny enough and a hundred dollars was my price point too uh, i will never forget this and i think everyone kind of has these stories right everyone in this space is um i had like i checked out all the way through coinbase until it got to the payment and it was a hundred dollars of Bitcoin. And I think I was only going to buy like 150 bucks at the time or whatever, but was I'm like, you know, around? yeah, it was actually, it was. Um, and, uh, and, and so I, I remember I was getting ready to check out and, uh, I'm like, you know what? I could use this 150 bucks for something mm -hmm. else. I don't want, you know, and then that was kind of the end of it. And, and I think at the time, I don't know if I had read an article or if someone had told me whatever, but I did a little bit of research and it, it sounded interesting, but, Unfortunately, not interesting enough for me to spend 150 bucks on it at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my first um, exposure to any cryptocurrency, in this case, Bitcoin. But as it kind of grew, my next exposure in 2017 or 16, whenever it was, was uh, I think a lot of people had this story as well. I just had people who I either knew or followed on Twitter or whatever, who were just making ridiculous sums of cash in a day or two, and I'm like, hold on, let me figure out how to do this, right? Um, and I think I I started going on different like Facebook groups and and threads and whatever, and and you know, jokes on me now, but back then I think Ripple was the next coming, you know, and mm -hmm. um, that shot up to three bucks. I did make some money off of that, and then I started buying some other ones, and and just kind of getting all of that exposure in in the trading aspect first. And then as I started doing the trading aspect, I started getting involved in the actual um, building side, right? Or participating side first of, of playing different dApps, uh, participating in different ICOs, those kind of things. And then from there, that just kind of segued into actually building our own stuff. So how were the games at the time? So this is like 2016, 2017, right? Yeah. And there yeah. were so crypto kitties, I know, was... Uh, was that around at that time? Well, Kitties was huge at the time. Yeah, everyone was buying crypto kitties and, and mating them and getting their new ones. And uh, and a funny story, actually, I think I might have mentioned this to you before, but I bought crypto kitties, you know, back then. And I bought some and and basically it started getting a lot a lot more saturated because the the legacy ones, like the first, you know, first breed ones, and then it was like the 29th, you know, um, mating series or whatever you'd call it. Um, but I, I bought some, nothing for a crazy amount of money. I sold some. Um, and I had two that I just completely forgot about that were still listed on OpenSea from five years ago. And when the very first NFT spike happened like eight, six months ago, whenever it was, 
I actually got emails saying that those two crypto kitties sold. And uh, which wow. is just fascinating to me because, you know, you're just like, well, who, who knows? They're gone with the wind now. And sure enough, I got paid for them. So, uh, is yeah. Is the project crypto- still around? Do you know, like, can you still so, go and play crypto? Actually, they're, I, I, you can definitely still buy them. I don't believe they're making them anymore. But what's really fascinating about that company, they actually created their own blockchain called Flow, F-L-O-W. Um, and they actually are the guys or gals behind NFL all day and NBA. Oh. What is all, it? NBA uh, top, top shot or top shot. Yes. Top yes. Shot, yep. So top shots has been around for a year ish now. Uh, NFL all day actually just dropped two weeks last week uh, for the AFC and NFC championships. Yeah. I actually uh, wrote, wrote about that in my newsletter, how they yeah, had like, so basically. You know, it's funny. It, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no. So just with the NFL thing, it was basically if you had a ticket to the games, I think it was with the Bengals and I forget who exactly they were playing. Got to check out the newsletter or the previous podcast yep. for that. But anyone who had a ticket was then emailed an NFT, uh, basically a commemorative NFT. And it was yeah. for people who only those people who bought it through those specific channels. So if you bought gotcha. a secondhand ticket, then it wouldn't work. Yeah. You had to buy it through. That's I think cool. it was, they partnered with Ticketmaster. And so basically yeah. it was like, any Ticketmaster outlet, so whether there was the official Bengal site or through Ticketmaster, you would get it. I don't know if they're actually like what the utility behind it is, if there's any secondary marketplace, but I mean, it's just uh, people collect ticket stubs, so it's uh, kind of sure. similar to that, at least I see for now. So, so that part, the um, the actual if you have a ticket, you get an NFT thing that I didn't know that they did that, but what they actually do now is just like uh, Top Shots, you can get in line, get, get a queue, get in a queue. And depending on what spot in line, you might get a chance to buy a pack and each pack comes with three moments. And in this case, the moments were from those four teams that played last week and it might be Patrick Mahomes throwing a, a touchdown pass or Tyree mm-hmm. kill run, whatever. And they have different tiers. There's like the, uh, I'm not sure what it's called. Common. I think they call it. And then rare and then legendary. And it's just like, baseball cards or football cards you open up you hope like you get the hologram one or the special edition or the rookie card or whatever and that's kind of what they they did and funny enough i actually participated um i was in queue and i was for very often i don't get to be a part of these because it's completely random and there's so many people right and there are only so many of them i was in queue i got to the checkout i tried to check out my credit card got declined because it was fraud because it comes from a different because you actually can buy with credit card or yeah, with, that's interesting also that kind of i mean it's smart for them because such a big portion of the newcomers exactly don't the barrier have. takes yes it takes away the barrier for cryptocurrency and uh but the unfortunate thing was i think they're i don't know where they're based but i got a text message like two minutes later saying you know this charge was attempted you know do you approve it and i said yes well then i had to go back and try it but i actually lost my place in line so i couldn't get oh it. man so, you flow but anyway um yeah that's what's what's really cool to me is to see um people like the crypto punks creators lava labs or to see the people who created uh crypto kitties to go on and continue to do cool shit right because they're just building cool shit after cool shit after cool shit and just kind of stacks on top of you uh, of each other and uh so so crypto kitties i'm sure was not the very first thing they did but whatever they started at they segued into crypto kitties and then they segued into 
I don't think you get much bigger than having partnerships with the NBA and now the NFL, right? So it's just really cool to kind of see that space evolve and see these people who've been working in the blockchain space and in the Web3 and the crypto space for many, many years go on to be the, the foremost leaders in that kind of stuff. That's actually kind of one thing that I tell people is so like everyone's saying how, you know, NFT is a bubble and how crypto could be a bubble. But it's and while that might be true and, you know, I'd say potentially 90 percent or 99 percent of the projects like Gary Vaynerchuk always says, it's like, oh, they're going to go to zero. But by being in the space right now, by educating yourself, by if you can joining some project, whether it's a, just something as simple as managing a discord to if you're an engineer yeah. to joining that. It'll let you parlay that into something because the industry is not going anywhere. NFTs clearly, it yeah. seems like the technology behind them is incredible, super interesting. So many interesting applications and blockchain is, you know, getting more and more adopted. So I think it's really interesting. It's, people have to note that by participating in it, like there's many ways to participate. One of them is just to buy NFTs and try and, you know, 10x your money in a day. And that works, but it's not going to work forever. At one point, probably a lot of these projects are going to go dramatically down and they're going to lose a lot of value. But by being here early, just like these guys, I mean, they were building a big project. You get to parlay that into something awesome. And by continuing to be in the space, it's like all those people who are working with uh, dot-com companies in 2000 and all those companies fell apart. They, they still have the skills to then, you know, join Yahoo or Amazon yeah. once the dot-com bubble happened. That's so true, man. That's so true. Uh, I can't remember what movie it is, but it's like, you know, they talk about like, it's the thing that leads to the thing that leads to the thing. Right. And th and that's really what it is. And, um, life. <laughs> and, and yeah, for sure. You're a hundred percent. Right. And, and I think that's one of the big things with, um, with not just crypto, but learning coding or, or like you said, even just life is, you know, you can't just learn how to code or build stuff, um, from a textbook or from an app, you know, that might help, but actually building shit is the way that you learn how to build stuff. I mean, that, full stop. That's just how it is. Definitely. Um, a real good friend of mine, uh, a real good friend of mine works for a, a large fortune 100 company and, and he's um, he's an engineer, software engineer. And I kind of got him involved recently in, in cryptocurrency and he just kind of took it and he's real good at what he does. He, he does Python and he has a few other, you know, JavaScript, whatever. He's never done any solidity, but he just kind of took it and run with it. And if he got stuck, He'd asked me some questions and um, from four months ago until now, he just released an NFT project. Um, he, he, he and I did, did some work with the Chainlink hackathon and uh, he's just, he's doing real cool stuff, man. But the reason he did is because he just started building stuff and figuring it out. And that's just the best way to do it, you know? Yeah, I'm very much like a proponent of just get to getting people into the space, whatever yes. like, capacity they can. Like I have a buddy who's an accountant right now where he works with tax and he's like, oh, like I don't really like my job, but like I have these set skills and like that's kind of like yeah. what I have to work in. And I was like, well, try and get a tax role maybe in crypto yeah. because A, there's not that many people and B, like if you can just even get your foot in the door and try and understand this, like you're going to have such a big advantage because this industry is not going anywhere and you'll be a person who has like the previous experience where now you can't really hire someone with 10 years of experience in NFTs. No. It's like somebody is like, oh, you have six months of experience. Great. You're like a director now. So it's yeah, a really it's quick, so quick, quick learning curve. It's so true, so, man. I, I Yeah, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Go. We have we have a tiny no. bit of a delay. So that that happens. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, but no, I was just going to say, I mean, you're so right. And 
I, I told you I used to own a gym. I was a strength coach at uh, Virginia Tech prior, and then I had this gym working with elite athletes. And and over that time, I just started continuing to learn, continuing to learn, continuing to learn. And um, and then now, fast forward to my life now as it is compared to two years or three years ago, and it just fascinates me. You know, um, the things that I'm able to do because I jumped on this opportunity. And when I say opportunity, I'm talking about Web three, DeFi, NFTs as a whole. Um, and, and, and learned it and made the effort and, and took the time and, and spent the nights and the weekends to, to build stuff. And now I, I, I'm just having, I mean, it's unbelievable the opportunities and the people that I've had a chance to, to chat with, the people that I've had a chance to help. Um, we're in the process. I just sent it off today. I'm 95% positive. We're going to do uh, uh, an NFT uh, gold single drop for a pretty popular band. Um, and it's just, it's fascinating, you know, it's just fascinating, but it's because for anyone out there, like, it's because I actually took that step. Right. And, and, and you have to do things on spec in terms of just spending nights or spending weekends, learning things and building things and doing things. And and that really does pay dividends if you keep at it, you know, it really does. 100%. Yeah. Totally agree with you. Speaking of that, can we dive into a little bit about how you mentioned you were building, not only playing games initially like CryptoKitties, but you were building some. So I'd love to hear how you kind of, how did you figure out, like, how did you actually build something? Because back then it's like, I feel like nowadays, like at least if you know how to code, like there's more tutorials and stuff like that. Back in 2017, like it was really early. So how did you figure that out? Sure. Uh, Well, I will be completely honest in the very, very beginning my good pal Brandon is the one who helped me figure all that out. And, and he really did the big bulk of the work. And, and we launched so many small projects. Um, and basically in the very beginning, he would kind of do all the coding. I might do the website. Um, and then I would work on the marketing aspect and he would work on the, uh, the smart contract aspect. And then what happened is over time we kept doing these and I started, you know, I getting a little more curious and reading and seeing things a little bit more and how um, a website would interact with a blockchain and vice versa. And I started learning a little bit more. And so I kind of got to do a little bit more where I started doing my own projects as well with him. But, you know, I started doing a lot more of that, that coding work. So that's kind of how it started. Um, what did these then, games was, uh, look like when you started? Like, yeah. can, you can just indeed, I guess, like, was it For sure. like a character so game? Least, or? You know, yeah. So like they're, they're, what, what I've learned, at least in this space, is there are trends, right? And and the trend right now is the 10,000 PFT genera- PFP generative mm-hmm. NFT project. Well, back then, the trend were two. There was what they called a, a pyramid game, right? And then there was what they called a hot potato game. So for the sake of the podcast, the, the hot potato game was an NFT-based game. And basically, it wasn't on OpenSea. It was a website where you could mint these NFT – or actually, we would mint them. They'd start at a set price, right? So let's say – we would mint 40 NFTs and they would always have a theme, right? So similar to now there's apes and there's punks and there's whatever back then, very similar concept. It could be koalas or it could be whatever. Right. And um, the first big one was called crypto countries. And so basically they would mint 40 countries, right? Any country didn't matter. They would have a picture of it and they might have little stats on it, whatever. And it would start for, 0.02 ether right which at the time was 14 dollars. you'd mm-hmm. buy it and you'd held it and it would say who owned it so on and so forth well what happened then is 
it didn't matter if you wanted it to sell or not. If someone wanted to buy it for double the price or 30% more, 40% more, it depended on the smart contract, they could buy it. And then what would happen is you would get, yeah, right? So you would get that money. 5% would go to whoever created the game and then it reset. So if it was 0.02 and let's say it was a 50% increase, now it was 0.03 and then it was 0.045 and then it was 0.09 and then it was 0.18, right? So you can see how after about 10 or 15 buys, all of a sudden you're at one ether, two ether. And there, and there were countries, you know, the United States, for example, that was going for, I mean, it must have been 300, 400 ether. I mean, monster, monster amounts of money. And what's cool about smart contracts is you can see all the transactions, right? So these you guys- You can see if someone just bought it and basically like bought it for one ETH and then they're like, oh, we're selling it for a hundred. And you're like, ah, come on, buddy, what are you doing? <laughs> But the thing is, it was progr- is pro- programmatic. So you mm-hmm. couldn't sell it for 100 ETH. You could only sell it for what it was programmed to go above and beyond, right? Oh, so, so basically, the- anytime you bought it, it would have like a set price. That's like, hey, here's the next price that somebody could buy it at. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, super and uh, it just kept going up and up and up. And you could see what these guys who created crypto countries made. And I remember at one point, there was $2 million in their smart, like, They had made $2 million. I think they probably made more from this game. And I participated in the game. My buddy did. Um, I made, you know, I I probably made half an ETH or something like that. But um, it was just fascinating. But the problem with it in the name Hot Potato is someone's going to get stuck with it, right? And we were like, man, like maybe we should make our own and then we'll never get stuck with the Hot Potato. Because if you make your own, your worst case is you spent – 20 hours or 40 hours or 80 hours making something right um so we made our own was there utility in like so the crypto country no. buying them it was pretty much just like an like an asset you would buy it you and it would go up in value hypothetically yeah. kind of pyramid yeah. scheme Correct. a little bit yeah. but so that you know when you see like and i think we talked about this before too you know gambling and porn drive adoption everywhere in tech oh and, yeah and, porn, you know, porn you revolutionized the internet <laughs> Yeah, right. You can't do tons with porn in the blockchain space, even though some people have tried. Uh, but gambling, Congrats. there's tons. And and so there was not really any utility with NFTs back then. It was still very rudimentary. You know, ETH was still relatively, relatively new. Um, so it was just gambling is really all it was, is I'm hoping to buy this and someone else is going to buy it for more, right? Greater fool's theory. And, and that made it real fun. It really did. And um, so... You know, so we started we started one that we did. It was really fun. We actually ended up doing a, um, a Chicago blockchain conference. We had a booth there. You know, it was real cool. We met a bunch of people. Um, and then from there, we just started doing more and more and more. And and it, it was just real fun. And we learned a lot. You know, we started doing a lot of different things with that space. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. What were uh, conferences like? So this is like 2017 or so? Yeah, 2017 or 2018. I, I remember we the, went to a few. Yeah, what was it like? Uh, like kind of the energy? Because I know, I know like just from people that I've heard kind of it's like 2021, 20, like these conferences nowadays, it's like completely crazy and different than what it was back then when it was still kind Tell of what, man. West. I Back then... I went to a bunch of them, but there was one in particular. I'll tell you this story. It's crazy. I was dating this girl at the time and uh, she was a little stuck up and uh, uh, yeah. Right. So, so I took her to this conference. I took her to this conference and uh, I'm an extrovert. I like talking to people. I like making friends, blah, blah, blah. She was an introvert. And 
I met this guy, he was Russian and I don't recall what his company was called, but back then everyone was doing ICO raises, right? That's the NFT of the time, of the day, pretty much. Correct. No, very true. NFTs project. Yeah, now. Back yeah. then everyone was doing an ICO. You're right. So this guy tells me, you know, we're talking, I tell him what my, you know, my companies are, my websites are or whatever. He tells me his, it's like, yeah, I did an ICO raise two months ago. I made $5 million in three and a half minutes. I'm like, oh, fuck, right? So I'm just talking to all these people. And like almost all these people have a similar experience, right? Like monster, monster tokens and coins that I had heard of. Like it was just unbelievable. So anyway, so there was like wine there. Everyone was drinking. I was making some friends. And we get invited back to this, this like penthouse suite uh, at this hotel in Chicago that someone who knows who um had right and i'm real excited because i'm still like an infant in this space i don't know anybody really other than a few friends and i'm meeting these heavy hitters who have all this money and all of this network and all of this knowledge right so i'm like well today today we call them the whales you got it yeah so I told the girl I'm dating at the time, you know, I'd love to go back. She didn't really want to go. You know, I don't know these people, blah, blah, blah. I mean, no, I, I got to go. I, okay, fine. So we go. So we get there. We're having a good time, man. Like, you know, there's like ping pong tables and like foosball table. Like it's this monster place. It's beautiful. And everyone's just having a good time. and Everyone's partying. And, and about like two hours into it, I'm talking everywhere. Have a good time. There's a glass table in the middle, and then someone just dumps like all this coke out on this glass table, right? <laughs> <laughs> like everyone just partaking. Like I'm not big on that. I've never done it. It's not my thing. But at the same time, it doesn't bother me. You do you, whatever. As long yeah. as you know. She sees it and she's like, "Nope, we're getting out of here. Not talking to people." <laughs> so, and she just rushes me out of there. And at this point, outside of like a few business cards, I was just making friends. And yes, I'll get their contact info late, whatever. But like, I was just making friends and I thought I was going to stay there for five more hours, but she's like, we are leaving. We are leaving. And so I went out. And so I lost all that opportunity to continue to make friends, which maybe is okay. Cause maybe they're in jail now. I don't know. But um, or, or they're multi-billionaires. It's either one or, or they're multi-billionaires. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so anyway, my point is that is kind of how a lot of those conferences were is basically it was a bunch of people who probably didn't have money before all of a sudden they've got 20 million or 5 million or 10 million in their well crypto wallets um and then i don't know what to do with it right and 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 unfortunately a lot of those projects none of them did anything right i mean most crypto projects don't do anything they might have a cool website and a cool roadmap and then nothing happens so I don't know where they are now, but yeah, that was, uh, they were crazy. They were crazy. There was booze all the time. And, um, you know, it was a lot of nerds and I'm a nerd too, you know, but a lot of nerds who weren't used to getting attention, who were getting a bunch of attention and they had money. Uh, What could go wrong? (laughs) I think one of the big differences between kind of conferences nowadays versus conferences, like even three three years ago is now it's much harder to kind of make those connections and because it's more closed off. So So back then it was kind of the wild west. Even if someone made the 5 million, like they'd be open to talk to you if you made zero, but you're in the space because it's kind of a new space where now it's a bit more segregated. I would say where you have kind of like the billionaire crypto guys talk to the billionaire crypto guys, the millionaire crypto guys are like in the millionaire club. And it's like, it's harder to break into that. Now you can. Yeah. The barrier is a lot higher. 
Yeah, and we've yeah. seen in the NFT world, for example, like there's people like Farouk, who's a huge name, and there's these, he was in like the new Twitter ad for their profile nft pictures and like i was watching a video about him and i think he's like oh like 12 months ago he had no followers and he wasn't even the That's space the thing. he had no idea yeah he had no idea what the nft what the nft or metaverse or whatever now he's like i'm building the metaverse yeah and exactly and so and now it's like you know i can't I go it. and access him yeah so i don't really know yeah. much much about like him personally but just people like that where it shows you like yeah. you know even 12 months ago you had and you still have the ability i think it's still it's just like more kind of you know you could still build your way up into that but it is evolving yeah. so quickly where yeah i feel like that when you were there it was like the the, the golden era of like hey you can just meet it really was people. man so so here I, I have a story for you um one of the conferences we met there was a company called bitcoin bravado i'm not sure if you've heard of them um i, I, I don't know where i don't know where all of them are now but i know one of them uh created a company called stacked trystacks.com i believe and um, it's basically like various algorithms for, from various, uh, crypto influencers. Um, and you can buy, you know, spend a hundred bucks a year, a month on their algorithm and it'll trade for you, whatever else. But, but this guy, I was talking to him at a conference, they came by our booth and he's like, how'd you get involved? And I started talking to them and, and he said, how'd you get involved? And he's like, well, I really like playing poker and gambling. So I bought Bitcoin back in the day to gamble and play poker. And then I saw it was growing and I had some money now. And they started this service. It was basically like um, Palm Beach Research Group or Motley Fool or any of those, you know, but it was called Bitcoin Bravado. Every month they would come out with like their top 10 tokens and whatever else. And he's like, now I went from no money to we have like a team of lawyers now check everything that we do. And they were, I think they were pulling in something insane, like hundred grand each a month or something, like something ridiculous. Um, but the space was just so crazy. To your point, these guys had no experience in anything. They literally just bought Bitcoin gambling and it just kind of grew. And they're like, hey, let's try this out. And they made probably millions off of it, you know. I think what's um, interesting is like we're still in the space where I think now you still have the opportunity to kind of, you know, if if you really dive into this in 12 in 12 months, you can build up a persona. Yeah. I think it's also interesting how a few things, first of all, how like you could have someone like that who, you know, just they'll hit either they'll kind of, they hit, get the right gamble, whatever. And in a week you can change your whole life. Uh, yeah. Somebody bought like, or, or like, let's say six months, six months to a year. And then you kind of have right now, I think it's almost like a problem where you have a lot of these like talking heads in the NFT community, at least who are viewed as, as kind of these, they're viewed as the professionals. They know what they're talking about when in reality, they kind of don't, maybe they got lucky. You know, For a lot sure. of people bought a lot of these crypto punks and these, and zombies like early yeah. on. Yeah. Um, just because you kind of got it hit right. It doesn't mean they specifically know that much about the actual space. So I, I think agree, for newcomers, man. they definitely newcomers have to be cautious of who they're listening to because For the sure. guy with the most money doesn't necessarily mean he's the guy with or the girl with like the best knowledge um, or truth. vice versa that's the truth man that's the truth yeah no i completely yeah. agree and, but you know again i think that's almost with anything um is especially you see a lot of these like marketers you know they're just jumping on trends so there are a lot of people who have no idea about anything in this space and they just jump in and kind of hope for the best and uh you know 
it's not something I necessarily respect, but you know, it is what yeah, it is. I've seen, I've seen like the jokes where it's like, Oh, like they're like every 12 months, they're like their profile on LinkedIn says it's like, Oh, I'm like the influencer expert. Now it's like the NFT yeah. expert. Now it's like the ICO expert. So true, How'd you become an expert so quickly? So go, going back to the games um, and you launched those games. So how did that kind of end up like you? So you, you were launching various projects um, and these were also basically where they built on the similar model of kind of like the price was going up and there wasn't much utility at the time in terms of like, it was like called, it's more or less it's called the game, but it wasn't re- like a game. Yeah, in no essence, that's, what that's exactly were. what it was. Yeah, it, it, everything was like that back then. You know, you're building these different games, but they're really just greater fool's theory, people trying to make some money and turning around and flipping them right after that, you know. Yeah. Do you know if any of those are still – can you find them on the blockchain? The cool part about the blockchain is that's never going to change. Exactly. You definitely yeah. find them on the blockchain. Um, I would imagine that all of the big ones are gone. I know all of mine were gone. Um, I'm actually looking up right now. I'm curious. Um, I was looking earlier. I was looking at the CryptoKitties, and it's just crazy how it shows you the volume they've sold. And so I think the total volume was like – a few thousand, like thousands of Ethereum. But then when you look at the, or maybe even a hundred thousand Ethereum, it was quite a lot. But then when you look at the current volume and it's, it's basically zero, like now yeah. it's like stagnant. I think it sold maybe like it was like 10, either 10 Ether in the last month or a hundred, but like a huge difference from a thousand or 10 X or a hundred X smaller. A hundred percent. Yeah. This crypto countries is gone, but yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if we're being honest, right. I mean, crypto kitties was the exact same thing, right? There was no utility. It was just something you buy, hopefully to sell. It's cute. Maybe, right. It's art maybe, but I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it was. There was no utility. And I think it's mostly just because I don't, not a lot of people had the, um, the forward thinking ability to, Think about utility. Most people didn't even have the skill set back then to build out utility. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's that's really a lot of what it was. Is is you It know, was a necessary started... step. It was a necessary step, I think, for people exactly. to basically, you had to go through those dirty initial gambling days, yep. kind of where it like was like, oh, is that sketchy? What's going on? For it yeah. to get like the people, because as we see, like the people who were involved in that, now they're working with the NFL, the traders who were involved oh, cool. in that, yeah. since they were aware of NFTs, I'm sure that a bunch of these early crypto kitty oh, adopters yeah. were the guys who bought the punks, who bought the mutants early and you know they now because they were aware what nfts are they were able to turn like a thousand bucks into hundreds of thousands of dollars for sure yeah that's so true that's so true so what was the next step so you launched a few of these games and yeah. can you actually before we move on i would love to hear a little bit about like you mentioned how you were doing the marketing what's yeah. the marketing these projects at that time entail like how did you get <laughs> people what where were you like advertising them uh, finding new people so we we never did any advertising it was more direct type stuff it was just pounding the pavement uh the bitcoin talk forum reddit uh 4chan biz was a big one other discords right because really it's about like-minded people so if i found a discord of a similar thing that we were doing i would go in there and try to you know the word is shill right i try to shill our project and get people in there and then you know a lot of it too was, you know, I'd build out different, um, um, different referral mechanisms, right? So if you refer 10 people, you might get one free NFT or 10 tokens, or I might give you some ether, who knows what. Um, but that was kind of the process. Twitter was another one too. Nothing's really changed on that end, to be honest. It might be a little so harder. Discord, Discord was around back Dis- then. 
this yeah discord is where everything lives yeah 100 percent um and uh so yeah i mean that's really what it was it was just constantly you know posting stuff constantly getting the word out there and then once you kind of hit um a certain point you were able to launch and uh, a lot of times you'd launch with success you know um sometimes you didn't but um, you know, there was one that I did, it, it was the, the shittiest one. Uh, it was kind of a joke and I, I started it. I'll never forget this. The same girl that I was dating at the time, we were going to go up to Wisconsin and I woke up early in the morning and she hated that I did this stuff. Right. Um, but I, I woke up early in the morning and to do it before we went to Wisconsin and I built this thing out and, and we went, we're having a good time and nothing happened from 10 a.m. Let's say when I launched or 8 a.m. Uh, until about 7 p.m. I don't know. It maybe had $2,000 go through it, which means I made $10 or whatever, you know, and um, it started kind of growing a little bit more. And, and, and by about midnight, um, it was really kind of taken off. And I got some DMs in my discord, some group, right? A whale group, like you said earlier, the whales had gotten a hold of it. They saw it. They wanted to be a part of it. Um, but they were nervous because my website did not have an SSL certificate because I just didn't even think to do it because I didn't really care that much. Well, I could have installed it myself, but I only had my cell phone because I was out of out of town. So I had to get on um, – I can't remember who hosted it at the time, but whoever it was, uh, HostGator I think it was, I had to get on HostGator and like chat with them and I had to pay the – 60 bucks even though it was free right but for them to actually install it instead of me they did and then this this group got in and and i had made a, a pretty decent chunk of change that night and over the next five or six days it really really kind of took off and it ended up settling down but i had made a, a pretty substantial amount of money and uh our joke with my buddy of mine and i was always like you know if we ever made like a lot of money doing this we're gonna take everyone to vegas and sure enough, um, I didn't quite make the threshold of a lot of money that we had told each other, but I was pretty close. So uh, I took him and, and a few other buddies to Vegas and we went, we went for, I don't know, three, four days and um, man, it was so fun. And I was going to, there was like a Bitcoin ATM between the Cromwell and Harrah's, I think. So I would go there and I would, you know, send the QR code and I'd get cash out. That was the way I was paying for the trip was for my crypto and, um, it was just such a cool experience and it was That's a real awesome. cool thing, you know, um, to be able to do that one for my friends and also have that opportunity to do it for myself too. Um, cause it was a lot of hard work, you know, despite it's me sitting down typing on a computer, but it is, you know, it's just one of those it's, things. It's hard to make money on the internet. Everyone's like, Oh, it is, like, man, go, it go is. try and make 50 bucks. It's like, you got like it. go earn like 10 bucks online, get someone you to buy it. something from you. It's tough convincing yeah. people. It's like, Talking's easy, but convincing someone to swipe their you card or send you some hard-earned you crypto, it's tough. You got it. It's it's funny you say that. You know, I have a um I have an e e-commerce company that I just started this year, and, and I told a few buddies of mine who've never built anything in their lives that my goal was to just sell a thousand dollars worth, right? And they're like, Oh, yeah, that'll be easy. <laughs> well, fuck you, man. It's not because I had to build a website, I had to source material, I had to do the marketing, I had to blah 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 blah, right? And so thankfully I've hit that goal, you know, by a lot, but um, by the way, Brolo, check it out. Um, Brolo, but, yeah, we'll throw a link in the bio. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you're you're 100 right. It's not easy. You know, there are definitely a lot of people out there who make it look easy, but it's not. And and you do have to put a lot of spec work in initially with 
no money and, uh, you know, spend a lot of time on it and a lot of sweat equity into it with no promise of anything in order to get any of those opportunities. And, uh, and so it is. What you just said, by the way, is like perfect. I literally just cut that, changed one of the words from like selling stuff to learning where it's, that's exactly how someone should approach the NFT world where it's like, you just put in the hours and learn and it's everyone, just how everyone makes it seem how it's so much easier to, so don't, don't buy into the hype. And really just put in the time because if you put in the time, you're going to get a lot more value out of that. Thing. Otherwise, you're just going to be upset because you're going to be like, I, oh, why? Why is it not working for me? I want it it's so easy for everyone else. Yeah. And they're just not showing you the struggle. That's so true. You know, to your point, too, one thing I've learned, um, or at least I think I'm learning, is I think it's really important, it, it, whether it's NFTs or whether it's crypto or whether it's Web3, DeFi, whatever. But I think it's really important to pick your lane and, and especially in NFTs now. There are different lanes. So an example of a lane would be entertainment, right? Uh, Steve Aoki's coming out with his own metaverse, you know, or it could be, uh, I actually just bought one called Mint PS. It's it's owned by Paradigm Sports, where they're, they're a whole roster of athletes. Uh, and so that, that gets you into, you know, meet and greets or whatever. Um, so, you know, it could be an entertainment or it could be a, a PFP one, right? Or it could be... Um, you know, uh, uh, um, a metaverse type play, like a land type play, like you're only working on knowing who the land ones are, or it could be, well, there's so many different ones. My point is, mm-hmm. I think if you're worried about capturing all of the 10 X's, that's never going to happen because you're never going to find them all. But if you really focus on one specific genre and it could be the same thing in crypto, right? If you only focus on privacy tokens or you only focus on gaming crypto or you only focus on layer one crypto or whatever right you're gonna get a better idea of not just who the players are not just who the discord and twitter and people to follow are but also what moves a project and what doesn't and what's going to be a successful project that's not and I think that's really important. I think a lot of people just run around with their 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 heads cut off, right? Just kind of hoping that if I buy this and, you know, I think the roadmap looks good and whatever else, but like, no, if you get a better idea and really focus, like you said before, on learning the space, and if you really niche down in that space, in the NFT space, I think you're going to do a lot better than if you're just going to try to look on Twitter and hope for the best you know, 10 X. Cause that's not really going to happen, especially 100%. now. hundred percent, especially know. now with there's so many people shilling and shill, like promoting mm-hmm. projects just because they're getting paid. I was actually in uh Twitter live yesterday. We spoke about top shot earlier, which is um, where a few of the founders of the crypto kitties project went yeah. was a giant, giant project partnering with uh, the NFL, I want to say, or yeah. the NBA, yeah. one of them. Both. So, Both. Both. Okay. So they were in this Twitter live yesterday with, there's a big Instagram account at NFT and it's actually owned by Mark Zuckerberg and like, I mean, not Mark Zuckerberg. I messed that one up. Mark Cuban, the other Mark. And so Mark Cuban owns a bunch of these Instagrams and NFT. It's a huge one. It has 1.7 million followers. And so they were actually in a big bit of a hot seat yesterday. And there was this whole, it was interesting to watch. It was basically a trial by the NFT community going on where they had a few of the people from the at NFT team on basically on trial. And what happened was they were caught like promoting kind of BS projects and people had a lot of data on them and they were trying to figure out like, like a, is it even legal what they're doing? Because essentially what turned out is 
I mean, they've been promoting a lot of projects and they'll post about a project, they'll do a story, they'll do a swipe up, and they charge each project around $100,000. It varies between $100,000 for that like package of a post promotion and everything. And they don't tell you that it's an ad or a promotion. And so they were actually, I, I don't know the name of the project that it all kind of came crashing down on them. But there was a la- the last project that that happened to turned out to be kind of a scam or there was some yeah. problem with it. And so there was a, a big like kind of they were in the hot seat yesterday for yeah. doing that because it's an account. And especially it's not really an account that targets people who are super, super kind of professionals in the space. And no, for it's sure. A yeah, account. It, it targets normies for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's the new people who are just learning about it all. And so they're kind of checking this account out. They're joining yeah. the space. And then you have like an account that you might think is trustworthy because it has 1.7 million followers. And it's going to be promoting projects to you that don't actually have that much value because yeah. they're getting paid. They don't care if you lose money on it or not. And I think what they mentioned, there was like some of these projects got like five, six million dollars from people um, when yeah. they finally sold out. And it was like they had bought followers on Facebook. It was all basically scams. So you definitely have to be really, really careful. And I think what you mentioned sure. kind of n- focusing on one vertical specifically Look, there's a lot of opportunity out there, but if you just focus on one to start out with, you'll become a professional and kind of in that category. You'll know everything yeah. about it, and that's definitely a good place to start, at least totally. like when, when you're starting out. When you when you know a little bit more, start looking at more stuff. Yeah. But I'd love to hear, you mentioned earlier to me when we were talking that you sold an NFT of yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so tell me about that. I'd kind of, how did that happen? And how did, why did someone buy it? Uh, yeah, what's the story? Yeah. So, so we're talking about um, projects that had all this hype and have great um, have great roadmaps and supposedly might have great whether it's designers or developers or executives, whatever, right? And uh, one of the projects that came out back in must have been 2018, I think, was a project called ETH.town, ETH.town, and and basically what they were going to be doing was kind of there i would almost argue they were gonna try to play like the very first metaverse right um or one of the first few metaverses kind of like horizon worlds type deal or second whatever right um but it was gonna be ethereum based and great project sold out in 40 hours or 14 hours or whatever you know it was just insane well one of the things that they did was you'd buy characters, right? So you'd buy a character and it'd be different levels and whatever else. And I think I might've bought 10 characters, who knows? But for every character that you bought, they would give you uh, a drawing to win a special character that was like a high level, but more importantly, had what what was called the dice gene. And they were going to have a dice game, right? So, you know, there are a bunch of different dice games on blockchains, basically because you can generate a secure hash that can't be guessed and it's totally random or as random as it can be. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were going to have this dice game and say, you know, they had thousands, tens of thousands of people in their discord and their Twitter. They were really popular. And at the time there were some dice games that were making, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a day in profit. Like it was insane. So it was a uh, one in, I don't know, million or maybe not million, but few hundred thousand chance that I would win this dice gene, right? But whatever. Well, so sure there enough. Was, it was, uh, there was like a hundred, there's a lot of characters, like more tons than of characters, 10, tons 000. of buys. Yeah, it was a big deal. 
And when um, you were buying them, were they they were not like anonymous characters? You pretty much you knew exactly what character you were buying, or was it uh, like you I, bought it and then they, you figured out what it was after you bought it? Kind of like a mint. They box. were, I believe, they were relatively anonymous. So basically, call it a range, maybe level one through three, level four through six, okay. level, level seven through, you know, something like that. You don't know if you're going to get a guy or a girl, or if they're going to have X Y Z characteristics, similar to now, right? Sure. Um, but it was, it was similar. Um, so, so anyway, we go through and, and, and I'll never forget this. Um, I, I go on discord. I went on discord every day and, and it was like a week long process for them to finish this pre-sale and then the final sale and then do everything. And they were going to have their drawing like a week later. Right. So I go on discord that morning and I have an all caps from my buddy. Uh, you got the dice gene, right. And it showed all of the hashes and what, ethereum addresses they match up to and and it was one of mine I'm like sweet it's awesome whatever so what was cool was one of the things with this ETH town was they had high level designers who were like pixar i think one of them might have actually been part of pixar or something like that right real good graphic designers that drew out all these characters well what you won with that dice gene in addition to sharing in the profit of the dice game was a custom character uh, of you, you know, you send them a picture of you and whatever else. And I did, and I thought it looked really cool. And so I had this dice sheet I was really excited. And as the game kind of, as this, the, the progress of the roadmap for this game started going along, as you know, uh, with a lot of other NFT projects, it just didn't seem to add up. Like there was a lot of delays and this happened and this happened. And we had a hard time integrating, this with this blockchain, blah, blah, blah. And it, it just didn't seem like they were going to get the job done. And uh, so I, I posted my, my NFT of myself on OpenSea. And it was still a big enough project that there was some hype around it. And uh, I ended up selling it for 10 Ether. At the time was about seven grand. I think Ethereum was about 700 bucks. Um, I wish I had kept that 10 now. Um, but I'm real glad I sold you never, it. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. It did go to $80 actually right after that. Exactly. Uh, so, so yeah, I ended up selling it thankfully because three months later, this project just completely disappeared. You know, they kept saying we're waiting on this or this is going to happen. We have a major announcement, blah, 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 blah. And then like just four months later, website's gone. Right. And, and, and to their credit, I don't think they were a scam at all. I think they just had ambitions that far outweighed uh, either the technology at the time or their talent level, probably a little bit of both. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I sold this, this character of myself and I always thought it was so cool. I really did. I thought it was the coolest thing that I could say how I wanted to look, what I wanted to be dressed like. And it still looked like me. Right. But um, I just thought it was awesome. And that was kind of the catalyst. I'd always wanted to build something that was similar to that. And that was the catalyst for NFT yourself. And I never thought it was going to get off the ground two, three, four years ago, but with the metaverse and with the Twitter thing and with all of these other things being digital avatar, digital avatar, digital avatar, I decided six or eight months ago was the time to start building it. And I did. Um, and it's been going real well so far. And people really are interested in that, right? Because they do get the Twitter verification and they do uh, 
they do have the opportunity to share it on social and they do, you know, and some of them make it for a gift, right? People like it as a gift. Cause it's just a cool, you get, it's, it's just like getting a caricature, you know, on the street in Las Vegas or Miami, you know, it's just a cool thing to have. And uh, so that was kind of that. That's what gave me the idea. Um, and it just wasn't a thing until a few years down the road, you know, so, have you yeah. seen if that NFT of you is still out there on OpenSea at all? Like it is. you can scoop it, it is. back up if it's uh, super cheap, kind of bring it back <laughs> home. <laughs> I think that guy uh, doesn't have it for sale anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. He, he liked how you look so much that he wants to keep it forever pretty much. I, or he's like, man, I can't believe I spent 10 years on this thing. <laughs> like, too much. Yeah, I don't want to sell it. So yeah, yeah. about your NFT yourself, what's yeah. it? What's the main use of kind of people that are buying it? Have is there a main use right now that you've seen? Like, is it mostly people using it as profile pictures? Are they? Just, is it just like a cool collectible for them to have in their? Yeah, that's exactly what they're using it for right now. Is it's primarily you know people in tech who have uh, tech jobs maybe use it for their LinkedIn. People, some people using it for their Twitter. Uh, some people, you know, Facebook, same thing. Cause you know, that's kind of becoming the big thing. It's like the flex is people putting on their NFTs as their profile pictures right now. Um, it, it kind of is like a badge of like, Hey, I know what's up. You know, I know. It really is I, interesting. You know, I, I was, it, I was, I was in the uh, chat yesterday where I mean, there was like a thousand people in the chat where they were yeah. talking about kind of the fiasco that happened with at NFT and yeah. it's really interesting. So, for example, I was in the chat and like literally the guy to the right of me in the chat was Jeezy, the rapper. Um, yeah. But yeah. with him, it's like it's this picture. He just has that. But yeah. there was 10 other pictures on, and like they were crypto punks or zombies yeah. where I'm like, what's a few th interesting things? First, not all of them were using Twitter's new kind verification. of hexagonal verification. Yeah. So I think part of that might be due to security where people still get their Twitters hacked and they're afraid that, hey, if I get my Twitter hacked, maybe this will affect like yeah. hey this is a half a half a million dollar asset i don't want yeah. to lose it but it is it's like, hey, you have a half a million dollar asset pay the three bucks a month to uh for sure verify it but it does work like when they talk about these nfts it's kind of like the new rolexes of the day it really is like yeah. that because i was it in this is. chat and it's like i mean hey these 10 people they literally have like two hundred fifty thousand dollar asset basically yeah. at least like, as their profile picture where yeah. you have a rolex and even if i have a rolex it's like you're not going to take a profile picture of like, covering my face with yeah. the watch um <laughs> but i think it is people are definitely kind of using it as a way to they totally are on, on their digital kind of peers yeah for sure it's like a flex and then also i think part of it too is so like i've we've done a few for uh small businesses right who are small businesses who have a guy or a girl as like the face of that small business. Right. Um, and one like TikTok influencer too, but that's kind of one, it's a cool thing to have as your profile picture for TikTok or for Instagram or whatever. But secondarily, it's also like a, Hey, not only am I flexing, but like, I also am tech friendly almost is or, or i'm web three or crypto friendly almost you know so it, it gives like, people, i get it i get i get the yes, new world exactly so it gives people an opportunity to um to relate to them and it also gives people an opportunity to say oh like maybe they're open to this or maybe they're open you know so um and then i've had some people who just didn't really want the because that's actually an option is uh they didn't even want the nft aspect they didn't want me to send them the nft they just wanted the artwork right 
um, and they just wanted it because they thought it was cool. Something I was going to mention, basically almost seems like you have, it's like a two-part business where yes. it's kind of a tra traditional, I don't know if you're doing it, like, it's almost like a drop shipping model where like, I assume you have like some designers like that yes. do the caricature, maybe like overseas yeah. or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And basically you're getting the orders, they're doing the caricaturing, you're delivering yeah. to the clients. And then you yeah. pair that, which that business model exists and has existed for, for a while. Sure. It's like yeah. the people, I'm sure they've seen the ads on Instagram of like, it's like the dogs dressed in like a royal, like outfit. Exactly. It's basically, it's the exactly. same model where exactly. you have like artists and you sent them something and they create yep. like a new version of it. And then you sure. pair that though with like a Web3 aspect where yes. you and put it on that's a blockchain. That's where my skill set came in because I can't draw for shit, right? But I have great artists. <laughs> and, and also, you know, at, at, just as an entrepreneur in general, I, I've, 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 kind of learn I've built a team out right you know a, a team of people who've done graphic stuff for me before and so on and so forth so uh, but but my value add there is not just the web design but more importantly the the capabilities of web3 right turning these things into nfts because now you can get it verified on twitter and i guarantee you that's only going to happen more and more instead of less and less right so i think that's a nice piece too is people are going to be able to get that and i've actually thought about i'm not sure if i'm going to do it yet but i think it'd be real cool um doing a 10,000 per uh, 10,000 NFT drop, right? But not generative, an actual custom one, right? So everyone can buy their own and they get their own NFT yourself, but adding some utility. And I'm not sure what utility I'm going to add. I might build out a token where you can only buy or you get a discount if you buy with my token for NFT yourself. And then NFT holders um, from the 10,000 get profits or maybe I'll do something else. I haven't decided yet, but I think that would be kind of cool too, you know, and then they I get think their own there's customer. definitely a, there's definitely a lot you can do yeah. with the space. And I think yeah. like, it's a utility. The cool thing about that is like, once you have an NFT, it's like, it's up to you to just create cooler and cooler utilities. They'll convince yeah. people that, Hey, this project is worth me investing my time, my money into it. You're right. hundred percent. 100%. And did you build it on Ethereum or what network did you? So I actually built build it on it? three. I built it on three. Um, I built it on Polygon. I built it on Binance Smart Chain and I built it on Ethereum. Um, Why did you go with uh, three different options? Uh, the reason I went with three different options is because there are more and more people who are shying away from Ethereum because of the gas fees. Um, and... I, Gatsby's, especially for like newcomers, it's making almost like correct. cost prohibitive for them to enter correct. the market where it's like you look at an NFT and it'll be a hundred bucks and you're paying the same amount or, or 10 X exactly. that in gas fees. Exactly. And obviously I pass that gas fee on to whoever buys. Right. So mm -hmm. basically the premise is, you know, for, for your artwork, everything's the same. But if you want me to deploy your NFT to Ethereum, you got to pay me an extra hundred bucks because that's what it's going to so cost. So I was looking at that. I saw, I noticed yeah. how like, the, I think no. the Ethereum one was a hundred bucks more yeah. than the Polygon but, but one. The funny thing is it really is. I mean, I can deploy and I did, I can deploy a smart contract on Polygon or on Binance Smart Chain. Polygon's going to cost me 30 cents, 50 cents, you know, uh, Binance Smart Chain might cost me 15 to $50, depending on the time, if I recall correctly. Um, Ethereum, depending on the smart contract, it's going to cost me half an Ethereum just to um, um, launch a smart contract. Um, and then each additional transaction is going to cost me too, right? So it's so, like pretty much if you're launching a project that's just uh, kind of targeting the low end of pricing, it almost mm -hmm. makes it doesn't make sense to go on Ethereum because the fees are going to eat you're out exactly most of your right. costs or your profits. You're exactly right. And one thing that's nice too, you know, you, if you do play a smart contract um, on 
Solana or if you deploy it on Polygon, there are other marketplaces, right? And OpenSea actually does support Polygon. Um, yep, and they're, I think they're adding more integration. I'm sure, I'm sure they are. And, um, and in terms of Twitter, uh, Twitter currently only has support for Ethereum for the verification, but they are planning on adding support for more. So, you know, you're, you're going to see that. I mean, that's the reality. I'm actually of the belief that Ethereum is going to die at some point. And when I say die, it's never going to actually die. <clears throat> it's never going to die. But I do think that there are things that are going to be far superior to it. Um, it might be just a layer two solution. It might be Polygon. It might be Boba. It might be one of those other ones that just kind of take over. Um, but I think you have to solve the bridging problem. Um, which is tough right now because you're still going to have to pay gas to bridge right now. So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But um, I just have a hard time believing that Ethereum is going to be this thing that it's it's going to crack up. That's going to be cracked up to be. I just I, I don't think they're going to make the necessary changes to make it fast enough to make it um, usable enough. You know, right now people are paying those gas fees because the expectation is they're going to sell their NFT for you know. 10x so it's okay to pay that gas fee but i i, I don't think that it's going to last forever that's my personal opinion it's probably i think it's an opinion that's not shared by many people um which is fine but uh that's that's my opinion i think solana is far superior i think a lot of the layer twos are far superior um and uh and, and you are seeing a little bit of a transition there but you know we'll see what shakes out you know yeah i mean considering it's like in 12 months, it's going to be such a different ecosystem than it is today and it was 12 months ago that sure. they definitely have a lot of challenges. They have a lot of cash on hand to kind of yeah. throw at that. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. For so sure, I think yeah. Before, before we uh, wrap up, I'd love to hear if you have any crypto. It doesn't have to be NFT projects, maybe just like uh, coins or crypto projects. Not not for people to really invest in more so, but that kind of you find interesting uh, in the Web3 ecosystem for people to look into. Um, you know, I think it's just and it, always cool to just add another project to like your repertoire of, oh, this is what's happening on Web3. This is another solution that's possible. For sure. Um, you know, I... There are some that I, I've, I've learned um, I've learned over the years because I've lost a lot of money doing the opposite to not really chase a lot of projects. Um, I, I mainly invest and in, am a part of um, bigger projects. You know, I have a bunch of Solana that I'm just staking and I won't touch for many years. Polkadot, same thing. I believe in those two projects. Obviously, Bitcoin. Um, I Ether is probably the only big one that I don't really I own some, but not. I really own it just so to deploy contracts, not just because I'm investing. Um, Bitcoin, you know, I, I, like everyone says, you can't go wrong buying that. You should buy $25 or $100 a month or $25 bucks a week or whatever Bitcoin every day for the next five years. So you should. Um, the big, the most specul speculative one that I'm invested in right now is Star Atlas, which kind of just took a shit recently, but a lot of things did. Uh, Star Atlas is a project on, on Solana. Um, it is supposed to be, hopefully, uh, the largest multiplayer game. Think uh, It's got like a Halo-type vibe. Um, and I think if they can bridge the gap between what um, Axie Infinity has done with shitty graphics and not great gameplay and turn that into Halo where you can actually play to earn. Like the, the play-to-earn model is without a doubt the future, right? People the games suck right now. Uh, yeah, they like suck. I, yeah, I was playing around like in some of them and it's, 
there's really yeah. cool aspects to them. Like I was like, oh, like you could talk to like random people in there. Yeah. And it's like everyone in the game seemed to be like, yo, what the hell's going on? It's like, it's like, hi, hi. But and like I couldn't figure out like in half of these games, like what can I actually do? Like I'm nothing. basically walking around nothing. It's yeah. like I'm walking around a, a, a 2D world on the yeah. computer with yeah. other people, but there's nothing for us to do. But yeah. it's like I like it, the little light bulb's kind of going off, and I'm like, "Cool, this is early, early, early." It's, but yeah. I can see if if someone does this really well, like it's gonna be really yes. cool. And even with these like crappy 2D versions, it's like, yeah. Or it's, I'm talking to someone, I'm like, "This is neat, like it's neat," but yeah. like I don't get like what I'm doing. And after ten minutes, I'm like, "Okay, I'm leaving." Because like I'm done. Yeah, fuck this. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not. There's no game aspect to it. It's no, called the game. There's not. And yeah, it, you're you're 100 right. It's the future. Um, and I think. Twitch and all those other platforms kind of started that whole play to earn model, right? Like 15 years ago, people were like, I'm playing video games for fun, not to get paid. And now it's like most kids start playing video games so they can actually go make money, right? I mean, because that's a reality to them now. So um, gaming's only growing. Um, gaming's going to overtake. I think it might have already, but if it hasn't, gaming's going to overtake as an industry other sports. It's going to overtake the NFL and the NBA. And I the think NHL. I think it already has. In terms I think it already of has too. For some of these, yeah, yeah. So it's only going to grow more and more. And then when you add the fact that you can own these NFTs and also make money while playing them, I mean, just the sky's the limit. And so Star Atlas is probably the one that I have the most money in. That's the most speculative. Um, if they do it, it's going to be awesome there's a strong chance they don't who knows but it, I, I think they have a great bat they have great backers um they supposedly have great um game designers and so that that's a project i'm i'm real excited about and i hope does what it you know potentially could i'll definitely have to do a newsletter write up on star atlas because it sounds quite interesting yeah i definitely want to learn real about cool, it man they have they're the only ones who've been a part of um or have it's called unreal engine i think i don't yep. know yeah i have it on my computer i was uh, playing around they have like this unreal engine has this crazy uh thing that you could basically make it's like real people's faces on i forget yeah. I, I think it's called meta human actually meta human okay. on using unreal engine and no for people who haven't checked it out go check it out it's just a website uh you look up meta human and it is mind-blowing you literally get to design mm -hmm. a person's face and it looks like completely real human. You could add a beard, change people's wow. race, hair color, everything. It's like mind boggling where you look at this and you're like, I'll holy crap, I could see this, add like 12 months to this. And definitely it's like, yeah. you could just, if someone gave me a talking head of that, then, yeah. you know, I think it's a real human. And on top of that, That's using crazy. Epic, they have like their Epic engine. You can actually yeah. use your phone to then animate that face using your mouth. So it's, it's like completely crazy. It's why they're going to put me out of business. Stuff. They're going to put NFT yourself out of business. <laughs> <laughs> or may, maybe you'll get acquired. There we go. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that that has a lot of potential. And then outside of that, you know, I've learned the hard way not to speculate. You know, I believe I, I, I buy what I believe in. Um, there's one project I invested in like, man, five years ago, a decent chunk of money. Um, that hasn't really done much, but I still think there's a lot of potential. It's it's called Shift, S-H-Y-F-T. Um, they've been up and down, but um, they're kind of doing the boring stuff, right? They're doing like ID verification on the blockchain, which as governments continue to to regulate and, and want to know what's going on, I personally believe that's going to be a big thing. Um, but it's one of those things that hasn't panned out yet. So, you know, they're long plays and if all that money's gone, it's gone. But uh, yeah, nothing too exciting, man. I, I think really it's just about, uh, I want to build stuff, you know, I want to build cool stuff, continue to build cool stuff and, 
I think that's how that's how I do it. I don't want to speculate a whole lot. I, I'll, I'll speculate some, but I want to build things. And, and if I build things and if I work hard, I think good things come and, uh, and I'm seeing it, you know? Cool, man. Well, I love talking to you. This has been super, super interesting. Yeah, you too. Man. I, I don't know how long how long we ran here, but uh, You're getting after I think it. it's been a, it's a great, yeah, great conversation. I think people are going to get a lot of value out of it because awesome. you know it's like, hey, like all, off the bat, it's like don't speculate, do your research. Um, yeah. They're going to get a cool little history lesson out of it. So really appreciate you coming on, talking to you. Thanks for having and me, man. It's been fun. Awesome, I appreciate man. it, brother. Hey, thanks so much, cool. man. We'll, we'll talk soon. Bye. We'll talk to you later. And that wraps it up. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe, like, leave a comment about your favorite part of the episode, and uh, see you next week. Peace.